Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Welcome to another episode of the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. I am your host for today, Callie Picardo, and today I have with me Bishop James Swanson. He is a retired bishop from the United Methodist Church. He served first as a pastor and then as a district superintendent and in a variety of roles. And then back in 2004, he was elected as a bishop in the United Methodist Church and served the Holston Conference, and then he served the Mississippi Conference and retired just this past January. And then we were so lucky at United Theological Seminary, where I work, that he joined us as our bishop in residence. And so, Bishop Swanson, I've loved it, and you know you at United, and I'm so thankful that you've joined us today for the Better Together podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to be here. Well, friends, we've got an exciting topic for today. Bishop Swanson is going to share with us the easiest way to convince everyone to follow Jesus. Isn't that right, Bishop? That's right. We're going to try. <laughs> well, Bishop, start us off. Tell us what's on your heart. Well, uh, part of what I'm trying to do uh, for the Holy Spirit seminars, but I want to kind of shamelessly plug that. Uh, yeah, friends, because- the Holy Spirit seminar is coming up on December 1st here in 2023 at United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio, and Bishop Swanson is our speaker for the day. So you can join us for that event. I think they've still got early bird rates going on right now, but you can also, I think there'll be a live stream option as well. So if you like what you hear today, you're getting a little preview of what's coming for the Holy Spirit seminar. Kind of like years ago when I was a kid, my mother used to bake cakes and stuff. And um, I used to love to go in the kitchen and she would be baking and uh, she would always give me the bowl. I was the, I was her only boy. Uh-huh. And we had two sons. So I would get the bowl. My sisters would have to fight over the spoons. <laughs> anyway, um, I want to give you a little bit of the bowl and get you just a little taste of what it's going to be like. Um, I will be primarily focusing on um, the book of John chapter one. Um, verses 43 through 48. Uh, and, and, and let me just read a little bit of it so, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the next day, Jesus decided to leave for, for Galilee. Finding Philip, who was one of his disciples, he said to him, follow me. Uh, well, he was getting ready to be one of his disciples. He said to me, follow me. Philip, uh, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? 
Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Ends God's reading, God, the reading of God's holy word. May God bless it to eternal life. Let me just say to you, this is a this is a, a bang up story, and it's so much in it that we could exhaust, we can't exhaust it. I mean, it just it's just a lot there. But what I really want to concentrate on is that if you notice here, Jesus calls Philip to follow him. And Philip gets so excited, like some of you who may be listening on, on this podcast, um, when you first met the Lord, can you can you can you go back and just kind of reclaim some of that energy when you first met the Lord, when it became very real to you, that you get so excited that you forget um, what you said earlier. And that is that, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to tell anybody. But you found out that it was so exciting to you. You slipped it in in conversations and stuff with other folk and you tried to talk to them about it. Um, and for some who you really knew, um, that they really needed the Lord because you had found this joy overflowing in your life and you found a purpose and a direction for your life and you wanted it for your friends and uh, and even some who had not been too friendly to you, but you wanted them to be a part of that. Um, and this is what, what happens with Philip because Jesus didn't tell him to go get Nathaniel. Uh, uh, Andrew and Peter didn't tell him. But, um, but Nathaniel, but Philip said, I'm going to go tell Nathaniel about this. So he goes to tell Nathaniel, and then Nathaniel uh, derides his choice and says, why in the world would you follow a man from Nazareth? And rather than argue with him, uh, Philip shows a better part of wisdom, and he says to him, just come see him. If you come see him, you'll be all right. And then as he approaches, Jesus doesn't even wait till he gets there. He approaches, he said, wow, you're a great guy, man. And you don't have any deceit in you. You're, you're not a trickster or anything like that. And and of course, <laughs> and Nathaniel responds by saying, "How do you know me?" I mean, and then Jesus says, "Well, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip even called you." Now, now here's the piece I really want to get to, and this is the piece I'm going to try my best to stay online with uh, in the Holy Spirit uh, seminar. And that is that oftentimes, as uh, Christians, uh, as people of God. Um, particularly trying to witness to somebody, trying to help someone uh, to give their life to Christ, to be a part of it. We, we can do one of two things. One is that sometimes we over, uh, we'll place too much of a burden on ourselves to convince the person. We, we just believe that somehow I have to do this. You mean or, you have to be an expert in apologetics and know the Bible inside and out and every single piece? We, we, we've got to quote every scripture just right. And if it happens to be in Luke, but we say it's in John, we feel like we failed and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, or sometimes we won't even witness because we think we don't have enough knowledge, enough understanding of scripture, enough understanding about the history of the church. Another or can answer a lot of the questions that people will have of us, intellectual questions. And so, so we won't even attempt uh, to do it. But this story, uh, really, in a, in, a, in a tremendous way, uh, as I listen to it, and as the Holy Spirit kind of speaks to me about it, uh, really demucks that whole theory. Mm -hmm. Because in a sense, um, it, it appears to me here that what Philip was called to do was to follow his heart. Mm -hmm. And Philip just followed his heart, which I see as the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit prompts him 
to not be, uh, I would say, selfish uh, and to hold that goodness to himself, um, but to be willing to share what he had just experienced with Nathaniel. Now, all of them, Philip, Nathaniel, Andrew, and Peter, all from the same hometown, Bethsaida. And, and he says, I'm not going to withhold this from Nathaniel. I'm going to go tell him. But once he tells Nathaniel, Nathaniel, I said, you know, it makes him feel really bad, I guess. But then Jesus shows up. Here's the piece about where the church today, I think, is struggling, particularly around trying to win new people to Christ. And that is, we either think it's all on us and we shut out the win and the speech and the actions and the power of the Holy Spirit to really do the convicting, hmm. to help the person over the hump, the initial hump of saying, I'm going to try this. You know, the Bible tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, not listen. Yeah. <laughs> but, but some experience, actually experience and see what you think for yourself. That's right. 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 And, 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 and for us not to be afraid to let the person uh, find out for themselves. Yeah. Uh, and so part of what's going on here is that, is that Nathaniel, in this piece, Nathaniel just introduces him. And, and the introduction is enough. <laughs> when Jesus leaves, Jesus says, I'm going to send you a paraclete. I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you a, a companion, a power that is going to be with you just as I was with you. And those places in your life where you lack uh, power, where you lack um, the ability to perform the deeds that you saw me do, the Holy Spirit will make up the difference if you will allow the Holy Spirit to do that. And in witnessing, we often forget that. Yeah. We often forget that. And so here, you see this thing happened, and, and Paul Nathaniel uh, is, is, um, is caught off guard. And he said, how do you know I was under a fig tree? And Jesus said, not only do I know you're under a fig tree, but I knew you even before Philip called you. Mm. Now, so when you're witnessing to your friends, when you're trying to help them um, to know Jesus, uh, you've got to leave that part of it. You introduce, but you have to leave that part up to the Holy Spirit. I, you know, I was telling um, Ross earlier that when, that even when I preach, that that part of the, the a guy asked me this years ago, and I'll, I'll share it quickly. He said to me, "Do you always give an invitation when you preach?" And I, at that time, I was pretty young in the ministry. I was just full of them, bigger vitality. And I said, "Man, every time I preach." Mm -hmm. I give a and um, he said every time he, and then he said I said why'd you ask me that he said because I, sometimes I give invitation nobody joins I said a lot of time I give an invitation nobody comes forward give their life to Christ or anything like that they, they don't and he said but you keep giving it I said yeah because it's not my job my job is to give the invitation and let the Holy Spirit do the heavy work of letting people respond yeah. The Holy Spirit does all the heavy lifting. Mine is to give it. And the interesting thing is that quality of sermons, there have been some sermons I thought were top-notch quality. 
And I, and I preached a service and gave an invitation, and nobody moved. In fact, it was hard to get an amen even. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, but then I preached sermons that I really was almost ashamed of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, sometimes I just didn't, I felt like Samson, I kind of felt like I was waking up shaking myself and felt nothing. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest. But I just did not feel. But I went on and gave the invitation. Mm-hmm. And several people came forward. Yeah. And, and I sat there and I realized that it's the word of God and the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit that did that, not me. I was nothing but a vehicle through which the Holy Spirit moved. So, so part of that is that the church many times, uh, be it pastor or layperson, when we're at work on behalf of God, We've got to remember that that third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is sent to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's the Holy Spirit's job, not mine. How do we we let the Holy Spirit do it more? I think everyone listening would agree. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's got to do the heavy lifting. But how? How how do do we still issue the invitation? Because the Holy Spirit works through us, but also in the heart of the other. But how do we kind of get our, ourselves out of the way in the sense so that the Holy Spirit can move more easily? Well, I, w- I will tell you that one of the one of the things that we really have to 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 work very hard on is um is humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that you do not want to be guilty of stealing the limelight or the of, um, of taking credit for that which you don't do. Mm-hmm. If you, if you got to have, if you have to take credit, if you have to uh, take credit for the invitation, mm-hmm. if you have to, um, that there is this, um, there's this thin line uh, between you and um, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You, you all work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are just things that only the spirit knows and can do. You you you, you can't do that. But you have to be available. Uh, and so just being available is enough. Um, one of the things that, uh, that one of the illustrations that you'll probably hear me use, uh, I'm a big science fiction buff, love science fiction stuff. And I, I hope that doesn't make somebody say, whoa. You're not a really great preacher, <laughs> but this is the truth. I love science fiction. That's how that you. Yeah, and sometimes I think it's because uh, because I do see myself as a spirit led person, and um, things that people speak of as uh, say like like in Star Wars, which I just love. That I love the whole series, uh, and what they speak of in in the, in Star Wars as the Force, I speak of as the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. This is spirit and and so the, the, anyway that, that's, that's a series that's on disney right now uh called ahsoka and you'd have to go back and read i give y'all some homework to go find out who ahsoka is <laughs> but anyway uh she has this 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 young apprentice and in in, in in the vernacular of the uh, of the jedis uh her her apprentice is really called a padawan and and they, and in this thing they they have finally reunited after some years of being apart and she asked her, she said, have you been doing your training, Padawan? Have you been training? And the Padawan says, yes. And I really learned how to handle my lifesaver, you know, which is the most exciting part 
<laughs> to many people, when you first watched Star Wars, was how to handle the lightsaber. She said, I don't know how to handle it. And so she looks at her and she smiles. And she, and, and she doesn't say, what is the smile about? You can see it on her face, she smiles. She said, you're going to learn. Train the mind. Train the body. But trust the force. Mm-hmm. Part of how do you get away from, um, from wanting to steal God's glory mm-hmm. or wanting to get ahead is through the training. Because when you train, you will have times, not only when your body and your mind, everything aches and where you won't be able to figure things out. I mean, you'll have those moments, no matter how much you study scripture, you will still have those brain lapses where you won't remember where that scripture is and and, uh, and those kinds of things. But you'll have a moment when all of a sudden that which you couldn't remember yesterday, today will become as clear and as crystal as it can be, and it will come forward. And you'll know at that moment that the scripture was right that says, I will bring it back to you. Mm-hmm. I will. Not you. And then the scriptures also tell us that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will only speak of Jesus, not even of himself. The Holy Spirit is probably the most humble. Now, get myself in trouble here, but he's the most humble part of the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. He the Holy Spirit never talks about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Never brags about himself. Yeah, he only speaks of Jesus, the Father. of Jesus. He only lifts Jesus up. Yeah. And so part of, of, of what we learn is that we learn to elevate the Christ. The Holy Spirit then assists us in that, that we cannot do it in the power of our own strength. Mm-hmm. So the humility comes because we have, if we would be honest, how many times we fail mm-hmm. when we try to do it in the power of our own strength. Um, and then how many times we didn't even try to do it and we succeeded <laughs> or that was success. And then we realized it really wasn't me. It was a lot. So the spirit of humility. The more you study, you see that example in the scriptures also of women and men who were empowered by the Holy Spirit to do things that they would never, so that even that training of the mind and of the spirit teaches me that it's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I think God so, has chosen those yeah. disciples from all these different backgrounds, most of them pretty mm-hmm. humble backgrounds even, mm-hmm. as a reminder to us, we don't be super qualified, we don't have to be super educated. We just have to let the Holy Spirit move. And I love that you've highlighted humility. I've heard it said that humility is a magnet for the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is drawn to hearts that are humble, but are open and willing, which, friends, that could could be any of us. But I think it takes a lot of saying, okay, God, it's not me. I don't want to get the glory, Lord. When If people do say, you were so good at that, keep pointing, keep Thank you, but that was God. Thank you, but that was God. Well, Pointing glory where it's due. Well, in fact, if you meet these men and women who you, some, I, I mean, I've met men and women who I just really, I was, I was just so excited to be in that company. And then they just, they blow me away with their humility. 
you know, you would think, wow, this person is awesome. And, and they're talking about me the whole time we're talking. And I'm trying to talk about them. And they're trying to breathe into me. Mm. And help me to understand what God has done in my life. I mean, and I'm going like, wow. You know, I'm coming to them to almost literally say to them, man, you're the greatest thing. And they're telling me, oh, no, 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 no. Years ago, I don't know if you know, uh, if you ever heard of the name, you may have, of a guy named Benjamin Elijah Mays. Mm. Benjamin Elijah Mays was the mentor of Martin Luther King Jr. And when I was a young student in seminary uh, at the ITC, uh, I was walking down the hall of the administration building there. And this little short guy came up behind me and he said, young man. I said, yes, sir. He was older than me. I said, yes, sir. And back then we said, yes, sir. So said, yes, sir. He said, who might you be? Well, I was shocked. He wanted to know who I was. I said, well, I'd be James Swanson. <laughs> he said, and I said, now, who might you be? <laughs> and he said, oh, they just called me Benny Mays. Well, you could have picked me up off of the floor. I mean, this is the, he was legendary in the black community. I mean, he taught at Morehouse College and mentored Martin King. This was after Martin's death and everything. I mean, it's like, and he stood there for an hour and mentored me and just talked to me mm -hmm. about my great opportunity to be in seminary mm -hmm. and the lives that I could touch and the people that God sent me to transform for an hour. This is the man who talked to Martin Luther King Jr. It was as if Martin was talking to me. And I came from humble beginnings. I never thought I'd ever meet Martin in person because Martin died. I was 18 when Martin died. And there was the man who had taught him. Most people who I met, who have really I've admired, have been men and women of humble uh, bearing. Um, and I think that's what God seeks after. If you want to be in God's company, I mean, just think about it. <laughs> to be in God's company, you got to humble yourself. And so, so part of that, that witnessing, to me, the power of that, is also found in you realizing how blessed you are to be allowed to go underneath the fig tree and to say to Nathaniel, come see a man. Even, even from you, Nazareth. Yeah, even just from Nazareth. Either from Nazareth. Yeah. And can you imagine that Jesus would choose me to do that. That doesn't mean you're a mamby, pamby. No, 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 no. That is a strength in humility. It's a great strength in it. And knowing who you are and knowing who it is that you serve. It's a great strength in that. And, uh, you know, uh, so you, yeah, and so the book, that's, that's part of it. And then experience, the more you, the more you serve the Lord. 
I think the more humble you become because the more you, you start realizing who you are in the presence of Almighty God. And then you also begin to understand more of, of what your responsibility is and what is God's responsibility. And you yield yourself to that. Um, you don't need, you don't need to lie right. You really don't need it. God gets all the glory. Well, Swanson, yeah. thank you so much for sharing with us today. I feel like I could keep listening, and I know our listeners are probably thinking the same thing. And friends, if you yeah. are, uh, if this is really sparked your interest, if you want to learn more, Bishop Swanson will be at the Holy Spirit Seminar at United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio, on Friday, December first. Uh, tickets are on sale. If you're interested, united.edu, and then you can go to the events tab, and you'll see the Holy Spirit seminar on there. And there's a live stream option as well if you can't make it to Dayton. But if you come to Dayton, I'd love to see you because that's where I live. But uh, Bishop, <laughs> thank you for joining us today and for just sharing that wisdom and that word of humility and encouragement. That is truly a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to being there for the Holy Spirit uh, seminar. I, I, I've been to several, and one or two of them I was not to speak of, but I went, <laughs> and I was blessed. And I'm going to tell you, it, it well, it's, it, it really is an empowering event, empowering event. And I really think, United, that um, that we're we're not, uh, that we are willing to put on an event uh, where we help particularly the church to understand the third person of the Trinity in so many wonderful ways. Well, friends, if this has been encouragement to you today, I hope you'll share it with someone else who would be blessed by it. And in the meantime, remember, we are better together. God bless.